The Evermore podcast is now sponsored by WFST Total Compliance. WFST provides fire safety requirements UK-wide to prepare you and your employees should the worst happen. Do what you do best and visit wfst.co.uk today. Enjoy the episode. Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to the Evermore YouTube channel. It's Monday night, it's 10 p.m. And if any of you are still awake after England match, me and Mark are here to ask you the same question we always do. What's going on? What is going on with England? We'll get onto that a little bit in a second, Mark. But I'm surprised you're still awake after watching that, mate. Did you doze off? That was awful. That was absolutely awful. That is one of the most pathetic, and I think somebody's beaten this in the comments already, Kevin. That is one of the most pathetic performances I've seen from us in a while. It was just shocking. Um, Honestly, you don't need night all to send you a kip. Just watch Gareth Southgate's England oh, team and you're flat out, mate. Yeah. Flat out. There was, there's no life to it whatsoever. And, and Maguire, I, I put in our group chat earlier, how, how a player can, can screw up a 20-yard pass, his positioning and a ch- tackle all in the space of five seconds. It is it is absolutely baffling. He's an, he's an utter joke. Um, but yeah, that was awful. I just I mean, we qualified. We should always have qualified. But that was shit, utterly well, shit. To to be honest, we'll get on to a certain Anthony Gordon in a minute. But after watching that, I don't think you'd be uh, thinking twice about switching to the the entertainers that are Scotland after watching their game against Norway. But listen, we're here to talk about Newcastle Brilliant, to talk with all you wonderful people about it. We're going to get stuck into just a couple of categories, really. Mark would have been at National Week, which. We're, we're, we're four minutes in, three minutes in. International Week is the shittest time as a football fan. It's so boring. I hate international football. I don't even watch it. I would literally want to watch my cat chase a, a bit of lint around the bloody kitchen floor than watch it. National football used to be more exciting than that. But the season is back this weekend. We're, we've got loads of injuries. Hopefully some coming back. We'll get stuck into that in a minute. But just before we do, a reminder, everybody, if you're new to the channel, you just chat us off the first time. Hello, good evening to you. This will be more exciting than England, I guarantee you. Uh, click that subscribe. Hang around a bit longer. We're, we're over 5,800 subs now. So thank you to all those wonderful new people who clicked that button. We're so close to 6K. I'd love 6K for Christmas. Never mind what Mariah Carey wants for Christmas. Fuck her. Well, I want 6K for Christmas. That's what Chris wants for Christmas. And Mark as well. Come on, give us 6K, guys. Smash that button. We'd love you to come and join us. Like it as well. Help the channel grow. Uh, we're still babies in this YouTube world, but we're really carving a little path for ourselves, and we really appreciate all the love you guys give us in the comments. We are live tonight, as always. There's a few of you already in early doors, having a good bit crack, as we can see as well. So good evening to all the people in the comments. We'll try and pull all your comments up as much as we can, as quick as we can. And we'll get stuck right into the first category, Mark. And <laughs> typical Newcastle United podcast, injuries is the topic we're talking about, because we have got loads of injuries, more injuries than Holby City. However, a certain journalist who is normally normally accused of being negative, was very positive the other day, uh, where Mr Hope uh, tweeted that apparently, apparently, we'll get into this, Sven Botman has progressed well this week. He should avoid surgery. Thank God. If his knee doesn't swell again, please, my God, let that knee not swell. Longstaff's ankle injury is not as bad as we first thought, but he's a doubt for Chelsea. And the good news, Mark, Miggy and Isaac looking like they might be fit for Chelsea. Now, there is contrasting views on Miggy. We'll get into that in a second, Mark. But that's massive, those two, isn't it? If Newcastle can get those two back at Chelsea, that is massive for that game. It just opens options up, doesn't it? If you've got Isaac back to play play through the middle, especially if he's fit enough. I mean, you touched on before we came on, look, you don't want to risk him if he's not quite there. You maybe he's playing from the bench. But if Isaac's fit and he's ready to go, it makes such a huge difference because we sort of talked last week, the huge missing piece in that in that form again apart from the fact that he had performed the fact there was no centre forward on the field there was nobody in that position there was nobody held that position nobody troubled Bournemouth's back line um and it was it was desperately missing for from that performance so 
he's at back is a, is a world of difference for Newcastle going into the, especially going into the Chelsea game and a Chelsea who are, and maybe he's turning the corner. Exactly. So I'm just laughing at some of these comments here. <laughs> Gary's saying, it's only three minutes at the show and I've said more than the, the commentator on the England match. Well, I am a gobshite, Gary, but I don't think there was much of him to talk about, to be fair to him. God bless him. So uh, I, I, didn't even, I, didn't, I didn't even watch it, to be fair. As I the say. commentator oh, is not so bad. I, I, I'm really sorry. Dion Dublin is just atrocious as a, as a co-commentator. He just... You love Dion Dublin as well. You love Dion Dublin. He was, he was you great. love his property yeah. knowledge. But, but his, his stairs up to his bedrooms and stuff like that, that's fine. But as a, as a football commentator... I don't want to know when you went to Dion Dublin's bedroom, mate. That, that, is, that is a conversation you need to have with yourself. I don't want to be knowing that. I'm sure that the viewers don't want to know. Dion for nothing, Mark. Jesus. Let's leave that one out, shall we? But no, that, he, he was awful. And he's been awful the last last couple of games. So, yeah, it's... Um, yes. no, he has been, no been terrible. To be, to be fair, I mean, in England commentators generally are shit, especially when it's on terrestrial telly, isn't it? But but anyway, back to Newcastle. So, as you say, as you say there, I mean, obviously having Isaac back is massive. I I honestly don't think Isaac will start, even if he's fit. I think he'll be on the bench. Um, I think Eddie will stick Gordon back through the middle, probably work left, Miggy right if he's fit. Because as I said before, listen, if Miggy says he's fit enough to play, that kid is like the fucking T1000 Terminator 2. He doesn't need any games to get fit. You know, I'm surprised when he gets injured that, like, you know, liquid shit just doesn't go and then like seals up the injury and then he's up again running because he seems to be like that. Um, so I don't think Miggy will need any games to... Uh, apologies for anybody in the audio who just heard that slurpy noise, by the way. I'm sure it's really put you off whatever you're doing. But that was meant to be a T1000 injury recovery. Um, so I think Miggy would go straight into the team. But the problem with that Mark, is if he breaks down, if you start when he breaks down 15 minutes in, you've got PSG coming, you've got Man United coming. Is Isaac behind you there, mate? You just have a check. He just said he was in your kitchen there. <laughs> I don't know what. It's the cat. I don't know what the hell he's doing. He's doing something. are back in the house. We should get them playing, mate. They never get injured, those two. Um, but yeah, going back to Isaac, if he does break down the first 15 minutes, mate, that's massive. There's loads of big games that we're going to miss him in there, mate. So I don't think we'll start, will we? Let us say it all depends on fitness. If he's, if they think he's absolutely ready to go, he starts. He has to, because it, it's such a key position, and you you have to, you have to have somebody to lead that line well. And we, we saw against Bournemouth, it just didn't happen. The, the players there just, yes, they can fill in, you know, a bit part, but they're, they're not natural strikers, any of them. Um, and realistically you need to have somebody through the middle you need to have Miggy back on the right hand side although when he that part he played on the left um when he was putting putting balls into the box it was hallelujah at last we've, we've seen some some Miggy action from the left hand side and thought yes this 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 is the way forward a little bit um but I think you you, you revert back to type with that he's out through the middle Miggy right, Gordon left, uh, and you get back to to what you do best because that's that's the way that it, it's worked. I think that just gives you a nice settled platform um, to to build on with with Bruno back in the side as well. Yeah, I mean that is massive having Bruno back in the side. More on Bruno in a second, but comment there for me. And we need the bigger squad just in case this happens again. Chelsea and Man City will be relegated. <laughs> Very nice, Ian. So I can see why our owners are being so careful. Yeah, I mean to be fair, if they do get relegated, I think I'd take Haaland on a on a, a cut price deal. I think man. I don't think Haaland would be wanting to line up against like Rotherham or something really in the Championship. He still probably score you know goals left, right, and centre and, and treat it like it was the World Cup final. But I can't imagine. That he would uh, he would want be wanting to play in that league. Kevin's saying uh, I don't think Louis Miley's ready to start in the EPL. Do you agree? I'll take this one, Mark. Because I'm a big fan of, of Louis Miley. I do think he is ready to start, Kev. I think actually, if you remember, he started against Chelsea at the end of last season, Mark, wasn't it? In the away fixture, he had that shot that crashed off the bar. Hang on, Mark's Mark's on pussy duty. Here come those dodgy comments. Mark's just going to go smash his pussy and he'll be back in a minute. Um, so, yeah, Louis Miley did start that game. Sorry, I'm going to get loads of naughty comments on that one. So, Louis Miley did start the game. He crashed a shot off the bar. He looked quite good. He, you know, he was playing against Endo Fernandez, and he looked he looked pretty decent, I think, in that game, Kev. And even against Bournemouth, I thought he was probably the better of, of the rest of the team. They're all dead in their feet. Yes, he was fresh. Um, but I, I do think that Louis Miley playing alongside Bruno and Joe at St James's Park, in, 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 you know, against a team like Chelsea, who you probably have a little bit more time on the ball, a little bit more time to do something. I think he's actually 
that would be a game where he would thrive, Kev. So I, I, I'm really excited to see Louis Miley start that game. And I think he will start that game. Um, the only other option would be is if, if Mark's right and he does put Isaac back in the side and, uh, and, and then Joe Willett comes into the midfield alongside Joe Litton and Bruno. Uh, but yeah, I think Louis Miley is ready to start in the Premier League. Mark, just as you've jumped back in from sorting your pussycats out there, um, just about Louis Miley starting in the Premier League. We're big fans of the kid. Uh, you know, I was I was just saying there that this game is different to the Bournemouth game in my opinion because I think you'd have a bit more time on the ball. It'd be a bit more like his kind of a game, I think. Um, you know, and alongside Bruno, who who would be roughing people up as he does. You know, I, I think this would be a good game for Louis Miley. Yeah, I, I, I sort of tend to agree. You, you're not going to get the same um, sort of pressure that you you would get. You know, um, up against the likes of um, Enzo, um, he's not that kind of all all pressure sort of midfielder. He he wants time on, on the ball. He's not going to get in your face. I think the likes of Gallagher will do, will do that sort of work. But I, I think it does suit Miley. I really do, and I, I do believe he's, he's he's sort of good for a start because he's he is so comfortable on the ball and, and he, he just carries himself so well. And I found it strange against Bournemouth, how little he was given the ball. We talked about that last week. Yeah. Um, and look, if, if you, you need him to do it, I, I absolutely absolutely think he is ready to do it. Um, yeah. But if you have the big three fit, uh, Bruno, Longstaff and, and Joe Lynn, those are the three you start. Well, of course. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we, we know, as he's shown, going to be missing... Um, the other two are a first choice. The, the question is obviously with Willock, do you play Jordan and put Willock in on one side and Jordan in the other, or do you bring Miley? I personally, you're looking at it and go, well, I think Miley would do an, an absolutely brilliant job in that midfield up against Chelsea's midfield. I think he would because he uses the ball really well, and I think um, you'll be able to find gaps in behind that Chelsea back line, which, which is which is very holy. It does have a lot of gaps in it, you know. So so this kind of getting a little bit past the sell by day. He has moments where he's he's decent, but he does he does leave a bit of space back there. And Chelsea are very much a team in transition. And you know, if Newcastle hit them with that press like we do, especially when we're at home, and someone like Louis Miley can find those pockets of space and those passes, I think he will he will try them. And I think uh, you know, likes of Gordon, you've got Will and Runners, Miggy if he's there, Willick as well. I think it could be a real threat. Just moving on to Les's comment there, Mark. Is it true there's three votes tomorrow? Block and affiliated loans. Yes, there is, Les. Block and affiliated sponsorships. Yes, there is. And changing prize money in the PL to favour top clubs. I think that was something you sent me the other day. Are all three of those on the agenda tomorrow, Mark? Are they? Uh, I know the third. I think the first two, yes. But the, the other one I wasn't sure that was on tomorrow. But, yeah, I mean, that whole top six thing is an absolute sham. It, it really it's is. Rank, just isn't a, it? It's, it is like... In cartel, isn't it? That it's just mm. give as much to the the big teams as you possibly can. Let's grow the gap between the Premier League sides. Let's not yeah. make it a, a fairer competition between everybody. Let's make it so that the the minnows, the the little teams that are coming into the league, have got absolutely no fucking chance of competing with anybody. The more that they do this, the more that they take this away from from teams that get into the league, the less the less people are going to want to do it, and and mm. the, the money just isn't there for them and. You're not going to see a Leicester or a Blackburn or you know, yeah. even a West Ham challenging in, into that top four again. It's, it's It takes away. And we talked about like the magic of the FA Cup before with the changes that they did. It takes away the magic of league football because there's just no point to it. You may as well tell the big six to fuck off and play in the, in the, in the Super League. And, and it's part of it wonders whether this is actually them kind of pushing that agenda to, to get, them, get them away a little bit more so that you... Do you know what I mean? It just, it stinks. It absolutely stinks. Um, it, it, it does. It stinks for the Premier League, desperately trying to hold on to what they would class as viable assets in terms of um, Manchester United, Manchester City, Liverpool, <clears throat> Arsenal, those kind of teams. Um, as John's saying there, what happened to the points deduction for the big six going by the Premier League's back, trying to break away from the Super League. I honestly do think, John, that these big clubs have the Premier League over a barrel. They try to stop the takeover. And we know that, and they didn't. They didn't succeed because the takeover legally was checked in God knows how many ways, and and was still able to to you know to slip through the net and, and to go through. But Newcastle have been totally hamstrung, uh, you know, with their what's the word, their determination to stick to FFP. 
And I think you've got to applaud that in our owners, Mark, because the money's there. The money's sitting. It's like, remember Breaking Bad Heisenberg's little lockup with all that money on the mattress. That's what we're like. All that money is in a lockup somewhere. And they keep jangling the keys at Amanda Stabley. And she's going, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. We're going to get done. You know, Darren Eels is really good with it as well. We hear him talk very eloquently about it. But we're trying our best not to do it. You know, Everton, I think, getting done with just one breach. Manchester City got 115 but there's no acceleration to push Manchester City through the, the process because it's Manchester City. You know, and everybody knows that. And, and listen, you know, we were taking the piss. Everton fans' heeds have clearly dropped off over this, like in so many ways. It's, it's beyond belief. It really is. I do feel for them, and I said that when I did the Thought of the Day video, I do feel a bit for the Everton fans. Um, but there is definitely a segregation here, Mark, isn't there, between what you would call the elite greedy six and the rest of the league, whereas the Premier League are treating them with pure discrimination against the rest of the league. I don't know if you listen to um, the rest of football. Steve Parrish was on from Crystal Palace. And sometimes I look at Steve Parrish talking, and I just think, I can't be asked me. He just seemed like a bit of a wide boy, you know. But he spoke really, really well. And when Gary Lineker asked him about the greedy six fucking off, he actually said, I thought, thank God they've finally done it. Because the rest of the league is sick of these lot holding them hostage, you know, for threatening to go. And you know, that, that I think that shined a bit of a light on things, didn't it? It does, and you touched on. I mean, it's been mentioned so many times about the whole the fact that Everton have been hammered for this, um, and, and when it, it boiled down to they were, they were going through the finances of this, and it, it turned it was nineteen and a half million, and effectively yeah. they've been docked ten points for the ten fact that they've gone over their three year spend by by nineteen and a half million, um, which is I mean is madness. I mean, what I, I, I then. So if you go on to listen to the rest of it, they talk about the fact that actually Everton's losses over that that three year period are three hundred million plus. Yes, I did hear that. I did listen to that as well. One hundred eighty million of that off because it's to do with youth team, the the, the women's mm. team, and those sort of. Uh, there, there is a slight caveat in that just before you finish though. I don't know if you heard this, but they they actually turned around. Everton said this, believe it or not. Right? I don't know who the fuck is running their accountant books here. I don't know if it's like, you know, Del Boy and Rodders or something like that, but they turned around and they said, um, had COVID never happened, we'd have made tens of millions on player sales. That was one of their arguments to write off the debt, which is fucking ludicrous, really, isn't it? Go on. I, I, yeah. I mean, they, they, they back themselves into a, a corner by spending too much too quickly on too much shit. And they were never going to make so much on player sales based on the, the players that they had at the club. I mean, half of what they had was absolutely dross. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was shit, was so, it? Do you know what I mean? It, so, and, and the next stage of this is is the fact that we've been sitting on this this whole 100, is it 115 counts that Manchester City have? Yes, yes. And I think, I genuinely think we've waited this long for Everton's and it's been six months mm. for one count. How long are we going mm. to have to wait for the City one? And this then... Are we just going to wait for another two or three years in the hope from, from the Premier League that everyone will sort of forget about it and then they'll just come up one day and go, no, nah, everything's fine. Just to, it just, that, that annoys me. There doesn't seem to be the, the emphasis to, to hammer the bigger sides for this. And I know Chelsea handed themselves in for, for, their, for their issues. But again, you just look at what they've done recently and think they, you know, they're massively in trouble for, for what they've done. Oh, um, yeah, big time. So, but yeah, I, I mean, go, the, the original point. I can't remember what the question you asked us now. I've rambled on a little bit. <laughs> but it, 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 I, I feel sorry for Everton fans. Um, I genuinely do. I think they're, they are batshit crazy at times. Some of the things I've seen online this week are insane. There's a YouTube channel that I sent you the clip of. Um, yeah. Yesterday, I think he's the guy who's on the overlap. The old, the old, get older guy, even older than us. I think, but it looks um, like which is old, which is old in podcast sticks. And then there was the, the one that I felt that was in our group chat today. It was the the guy who said he worked for Barclays for eighteen years and was was leaving his job because of the the way that the Premier League's handled this and their means. I mean, that's bollocks. It, that's that's one of those you file on. This has this is isn't happening. But it's that kind of level of mentality, I think, from the fans. You just think, for God's sake, I can actually, 
And this is why other fans want them to get relegated. So it's a great comment by Wayne on subject of breaking bad. The top of Mark's fridge looks like Heisenberg's lap. That's what he does in his spare time, Wayne. He cooks. He cooks does Mark in his spare time. Yeah, yeah. you found him out, Wayne. You found him out. Breaking fans, breaking fans. That's what he does. Man. So what he does. I just say point out that that is a, a a plastic box with cooking utensil things in for a, for a mixer. That's carpet cleaner, and that's a box of popcorn. Sure, sure it is. Sure it is. Yeah. Today's episode was brought to you by cocaine. You, you use wisely. <laughs> God knows what's on the back of that bloody fridge, mate. But yeah, go, going back to this whole point, it, it does definitely stink. I think everybody is smelling it now. Even the media is smelling it and they're starting to talk about it, you know, because you, you can't come on so heavy, come down so heavy on the likes of Everton. And then let City slide and let Chelsea slide for, yeah. you know, month after month, year after year. You know, I mean, the Premier League took a while to deal with the Everton issue, which is why they're potentially going to get sued by Leicester and Leeds and Burnley, you know, because they went down and in their mind, they could have stayed up had uh, Everton got deducted 10 points because they would have definitely went down. But I think the Premier League are really going to be tested here, you know, on this, on this point here where they have to do something to Manchester City and Chelsea. And, you know, not not in three years' time, you know, in six months' time, in a year's time max, that's going to be the cut-off point here, unless something else changes that enables them to let them jump through a loophole, which, which it might do. But but going on to, to the vote, um, I mean, obviously we'll cover it when once it's, it's all official, but I have, you know, it probably takes in a nice little uh, segue into injuries, uh, so in a transfers, I suppose, Mark, because it is a it is a player who's been linked to us. So, so obviously the, the Ruben Neves loan deal is something that... that that has been going around for a while. I think it kind of ignited this conversation. I think Dan Ashworth was being quite crafty. I think when he when he when he said it, he's he's a very clever guy, Dan Ashworth. He's not going to drop himself in the shit for no reason. I think he was testing the water just to see what would happen. And, and he threw it out there. And then all of a sudden they all scurried off. You know, probably Jurgen Klopp got on his little red bat phone like the Batman show from the 60s to, to the Premier League and said, oh, it's not good. Oh, stop it, stop it, stop it. Oh, only we can deal with Saudi Arabian leagues, not Newcastle. Um, so then they obviously went and called this vote. But it's interesting because they need they need 14 out of 20 votes to go through. And I, I thought this was a slam dunk. I really did. But again, listening to Steve Parrish, some of Steve Parrish's business partners at Owen Palace own other clubs as well. And you've got City, they've got other club ownership as well. I, I think there's something to do with, is a Manchester United another club, I think. As well. So it's not all clear cut. There's, there's other clubs that have... You know, maybe not directly shared ownership, but but members of the board who are mem- you know owner of the clubs, and it might be a bit muddier th- th- than people thought. But I still think it'll go through. What was your opinion on the on the the vote for the loan between the, between the, the joint ownership or the deals between joint ownerships? The tough one to call because on, on the face of it, yeah, you there are some owners that were or some clubs that won't want it because they, they don't have affiliations with others and don't want affiliations with others. But there are a number now that do. Um, obviously, City have got their links with with New York, with Melbourne. Um, they're looking to grow that. Newcastle have obviously got their links to Saudi. They're, the owners, are, there were also times that they were, they were looking at other European clubs to get involved in. Um, Radcliffe and uh, is it Nice as well in Manchester United? Yeah. Just got by in there. Villa have got a link with a Japanese side and a Portuguese side now as well. Um, and there, there are others. I think I think you're right. I think Palace have got a link with with another club as well. So the, there's four or five that already have links there. Others that I can't remember off the top of my head. So- I'm so not that sure. 14 majority might be hard to get a hold of. And really, if you think this about is it. going to be, I think this is going to be close. Yeah, I think there's going to be enough clubs that say no. We we don't want this um, this sort of ban on 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 movement in place um, because it then prevents them or potentially prevents them in the future from having linked clubs and do what City did with Lampard and bring him in from from. Um, from New York and stuff, so th- th- there are those issues. And then, does that 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 what's the the limit to where that ban happens? Does that then start to prevent you being able to send your players abroad to go and get experience in European clubs? So, yeah. if there are links to a Dutch side, for example, how many how many English players have we seen go um, and play 
on in loan, on loan over in, in the Eredivisie, exactly. absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah. Development helps with development, doesn't funny, it? Funny enough, we, we covered um, Jared Branthwaite and he went and played across there for, for a season, didn't he? So there, he there's, did. there's no link there between the two clubs, but if you start to sort of look at some of the smaller European clubs that, that then become like feeder clubs to, to some of the, the bigger, maybe the bigger Premier League sides, or even the medium-sized ones, because... It's a way for them to bring their players in. It's a way for for clubs to be able to bring players in from outside of, of Europe, so bring players in from um, from South America and such. They can get work permits put put into place by playing in a higher standard league um, and be able to bring them in with no issues at that point in two or three um, two or three years' time. So I, I don't think this is cut and dried as maybe some people mm. have made out. I do think this is going to be really tight. It could go, it could go either way. But I, I lean on the side that I'm, I'm not entirely sure this goes through. It, it'd be interesting. I, I'm not sure it goes through. And I'll tell you what, if it doesn't go through, right? Bang, January 1st, Laporte, Neves and Benzema are on loan. Fucking have it. <laughs> That'd be so superb. I've just seen this comment from Ricky. I've got to pull this up because my dream for this, Ricky, right? is that we let Arsenal bid a really big figure for Ruben Neves and then PIF sell him at Newcastle for like a third of that price just to watch our Teta Christ hits off on the telly, which would be the funniest thing ever. Because I don't even think he's got over the game. I don't think any Arsenal manager, player, fan has got over the game. And we've got a funny little image about this in a minute, which will show you that factually. But but that would be hilarious, I think, if we, if we fucked him. Uh, Calvin Phillips to the tune in January says, Ian, I think that one is growing. Mark, uh, yeah. week by week, really, isn't it? Whatever people think about Calvin Phillips, I personally think he's a very good defensive midfield. I think he's a good number six. I think he would compliment Bruno and Joe Linton, I think, on that side, I really do. Um, terrible move to City, really, for a Mark, isn't it? I think he just he doesn't fit the way they play. He's, he's not, I don't think Pep trusts him in the style that he plays. And it just sometimes a move is just a bad move for a player. It doesn't make you a bad player. I just think sometimes a move is a bad move for a player and you've got to get out of that club and go somewhere where you can thrive. And I think Phillips can do that at Newcastle, mate. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 you touched on it in the video yesterday, I think it was. That he's. It's really difficult to judge what he's like at City because he hasn't played. And, and he hasn't played for far too long. I mean, he, he's, yeah. his time this season, he's, he's, played, he's barely played 90 minutes this season so far. Um, he hit, I think it was something like 300-odd minutes or something Premier League football last season. He's only started two games in two seasons, or a season and a half. I got. You have to go back to the last time that he played any significant amount of football, and and that was under Bielsa, a mm. high press, a high press inside that used the ball well. Does it sound familiar to anybody? <laughs> it um, sounds very familiar. In, in front, you know, in the, the centre centre of that midfield with 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 runners around him, and he, he works really hard, and he can use, like you said, he, he uses the ball really really well. I genuinely think Calvin Phillips will fit perfectly in that Newcastle midfield and will allow the others to then get themselves further forward and progress the ball much more more quickly and, and much better. And him alongside Bruno, it also gives you the option to be able to, to switch around. We've talked about this loads, about that option of being able to play a double pivot. Yeah, and I we'll let Bruno, we'll let Bruno slip up. Yeah, Exactly. And, and one can hold, one can go, or either or. But you, you, you get the... Let's go back to the, the season Bruno signed. He, he played such a, a, a much more attacking role. He, he was far, you know, far further forward than he's been over the last sort of um, forty games, where he's had to sit in. And, and it, it's weird because I said this weeks ago that that having sat with Shelby in the middle of that midfield allowed Bruno to get forward into influence the game on the edge of the opposition box. We've not really seen an awful lot of that recently. I just think somebody like Phillips coming in, he's a hell of a lot better player than John Joe Shelby, um, just allows Bruno to, to go and express himself a little bit more further forward, which is, which is really what he's really good at. He can't lob a keeper from the halfway line in the Turkish League, though, can he, mate? Come That's on, give, 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 give John Joe his credit there. Um, as I agree with Simon there. I think Phillips is the kind of player who would turn to a world-class player. As Mark says there, Simon, he was brilliant at Leeds. 
you know, the way he used the ball, he's good from set pieces as well. People forget that. He whips a really good ball and it would take some of the pressure off trips. And yeah, I, I think it's a great sign. I, I almost think this kind of signing would be a bit of akin to a, an Anthony Gordon signing where a lot of fans are sceptical because they've got an opinion of the player. And then he totally changes that opinion when he comes in. He's a northern lad as well. He's a Leeds boy. He'd only be two hours up the road from home. I think he'd be a lot more settled. And I just think for the player and for Newcastle, this is a good deal. And also, it gets us over the um, the FFP deal. Another deal that may get us the FF, over the FFP line, which David has just promptly put in the comments there. What do you think about the Ekitike rumours again? I'll start here because me and Mark might be divided on this. I... But I call just, just say you might want your headphones in for this one. <laughs> well, Ekatike, I think Ekatike um, acted like a bit of a shit house. I think in, in, in the original links to Newcastle. Now, now whether he was advised poorly, whether the kid is actually a bit of a dick uh, remains to be seen. So we don't know really. I mean, he's a young player. Um, yes, they can get bad advice. Yes, they can be easily swayed. But I, I remember his. I think his agent's his brother or something, stringing Newcastle along, and then they fucked him off for PSG. I saw some unsavoury comments and pictures on social media. Whether it was actually doctored or true or not, you can never tell these days, you know, with all the shit that goes on. But I just I just feel like Ekatike, I mean, loan to buy is smart business for Newcastle, I must say. But I just, I just question the lad's character after the, you know, making that decision you know, a terrible decision. I mean, let's be honest with you, right? Hey, back your own ability, son. I'm all for that, right? But holy shit balls! You were going to PSG when I had Mbappe, Neymar, and Messi. I mean, fucking how where? That's like Susan Boyle going against Margot Robbie, Michelle Keegan, and Nicole Scherzinger for fucking Miss World. Do yourself a favor, son. What are you thinking? You know what I mean? The kids is a kid got no brains, Mark. It's. Look, I think that's. Is it a case of heart ruling head at that point? Because he, he wants to go oh, to the biggest. He's French. He wants to go to the biggest side of France to get get the play alongside those players. And look, he, I mean, he made twenty odd appearances in, in league in last season. He, I think he only started about ten games or something like that. So, and and he was it three or four goals he scored as well. So he, he didn't have the worst return in the world, um, but it, nothing like he, he was in his his season um, with Reed. But you're right, going into a side where you, you've got Mbappe, Neymar and, and Messi, you, you're never going to break that that trio. And when you consider now that he's now going up against Mbappe, um, Goncalo Ramos and Colomuani as well, they're incredible strikers. Um, so he's really, he is going to really struggle. And, and you know, they're, they're, not, they're not old Players either, so he's he's really come up against three players now that are have got huge futures ahead of them. So he's not going to break into that. He he needs football desperately now, um, and and I think maybe he was badly advised. I think he's, he's very much led as a young a young player. Gone. I want to stay at home. I want to stay in France. It's what I know. It's what I'm comfortable with. And I, and I said at the time, I can. I can appreciate that, not wanting to move away from your family and not have that that support around you. But I think for the good of his future now, he has to move on. Surely, and he's good enough. We've seen what he can do when he's been. Oh, he's, a, he's a player. He's, he's, he's a definitely player. a player. Yeah, there's no um, doubt. I, I mean, Christ. I mean, when we talked about him originally, it was there was loads that were, were likening him to the way that on replay that he likes to mm-hmm. drift left and be up into. There is an absolute talent there. I think if, if he can, he's in the right headspace, he's got the right support then around him at the club and then he can, can work his magic with him. I think he can be a massive dis- difference maker. And that third striker that Newcastle are desperate for and be the one that takes over from, from Callum Wilson going forward and, and maybe Wilson then drops in to be that, that support role. Yeah, potentially, mate, potentially. I mean, it'd be a good move for Ekatiki, I think. I mean, listen, all it had us to do was rock up to Newcastle, show the quality, score the goals, and we'll all forgive anything that went on before because, you know, that's what football fans do and Newcastle fans are, are, are no different, are no different. This is it. He rocks up and scores 10 in his first 12. Everyone will think, what, what are you talking about? What <laughs> happened before? It's, it's amazing, yeah, exactly. So yeah. We're, we're all fickle. 
Football fans are, yeah. are, are oh. notoriously fickle for stuff like that. But that, that's what God given, right? Isn't it? That's what God given, right? We're okay. as fickle as much as agents are shit houses as well. Uh, good comment there from from Simon. Bonds is a real miss. This all gets lost in the in the in the the, the noise, really. And he's been so unlucky, Harvey Barnes, because we watched him pre-season, Mark, and he was class. You know, you could see the quality there. I mean, the game against Villa, when he comes off the bench, he gets that goal and gets an assist. Um, and he looked shit hot. He looked sharp as anything. You know, and in my mind, I was thinking, go on one side, Barnes the other. Miggy wasn't getting a sniff, in my opinion. Um, and Barnes can score goals as well. He's a goal threat. And, and you know, the, the the news that he might be back early December, he's on the grass now already. You know, he's running. Um, he'll be back in full train. I think I'm pretty sure soon with the lads. If he's been president for a return on the 7th of December, you know, and he's putting the work in to get himself back fit. I mean, it sounds cliche, Mark, but that is like a new signing, isn't it? Having Harvey Barnes back in his squad because he's a player. Yeah, I, th- I think he, it's, it's weird because he, he's almost got a, a, a sort of a bad rep, hasn't he? Be- because of the fact that he's got <laughs> Just a, of that bad injury, yeah. It, it's, not, it's not his fault that he's. That he got picked up that injury. It's not like he was doing something stupid to get injured. It's just one of those one of those things. And I think I think people overlook the fact that he's he's been really unlucky with that. So it, he's going to be yeah massively like a new center because we've barely seen him. Um, and he did look promising. He looked like he was going to be another answer to a, to a goal scoring. You know, we've got a goal scoring issue, but another additional piece to that goal goal scoring puzzle where you get more goals from wide, much more than you you got out of Maxi, potentially more consistent goals that than you you get out of Miggy because we're not. I, I still think we're not going to see the the Miggy of, of you know last season where we get that many goals out of him. You know, do you know what I mean? So when you when you look at what Barnes can give you, it's consistency in that in that regard. And, and it is just gonna be it, it's such a huge thing for him to be back maybe a month early. If he's yeah. fit and ready to go, it's just it is a huge boost in that in that run up to Christmas as well, where the games start to come a little bit more quickly. Um you need a, a squad around you because if you, you hit Christmas period and, and you are then on the ground and Christ if Christmas has been a couple of weeks ago he's absolutely screwed. <sighs> Because there was just no, there was there was no no squad depth whatsoever. So if he's back and one or two others are, are fit or nearly fit, then then Christmas suddenly or that period in through December and early January suddenly becomes a little bit more more exciting rather than nerve shredding. Yeah, definitely. It's good interesting comment there from John about Tammy Abraham. I mean, it's not really working for Tammy over in, in Italy. He's been brilliant there, you know, in terms of he's banged loads of goals and just seems to have gone off. I think he had a long term injury. Uh, Mourinho loves Tammy, but it just seems to be turned a little bit south from that. I did see that Villa were interested in him. And I know he had a great spell there, didn't he? And, and he's very loved by the Villa support. Um, I think Tammy Abraham's a good shout. I think he's a good player. I think he was quite unfairly judged at Chelsea. I thought he did really well at Chelsea, to be fair. And then obviously Chelsea's just a toxic club, I think, and for most young players, we need to, 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 to survive in. Um, I think... The transfer is going to be an interesting one. I mean, with any luck, we, we might very well have a special about what Newcastle can and can't do in the transfer window, maybe in the coming weeks uh, before the transfer window opens. But um, in terms of playing the FFP card, let's just say the Saudi loan thing gets gets voted through and then that window is out. Because if the Saudi thing doesn't get voted through, that's a massive pool for Newcastle just to go and pick a few players and keep the cost down to zero practically. If it does get waved through, which people think it may do, um, you've got an option there. So Phillips on loan is one. No money spent there, really, but an option to buy in the summer, same as the Lewis Hall deal was. So no cash is exchanging hands. Maybe the same with Ekatike, so to speak. Um, but if you don't do that with Ekatike and you want to buy a striker, you're going to have to drop anything from 25 million up to up to maybe 70 million quid in a decent striker mark, aren't you, depending on where you're shopping. In terms of the cost, now that's a big outlay for January for FFP, isn't it? It, it, it absolutely. I mean, that that's that ruins probably anything else really go, going into mm. to, to that window because if you suddenly have to drop 60, 70 million, and, and well, well, I think that's, that's probably what you, you're going to be looking at for somebody, somebody like Tammy Abraham is under contract, he does score goals. It, it's difficult to, to then bring a player like that in for anything cheap. Um, he he is gonna he is gonna set you back. 
I mean, you touched on his goals when he he, he was at Villa. Let's not forget that that was in the Championship. Most yes, of them were in the Championship, yeah. yeah. Um, he, he did score an awful lot of goals. But then he went and scored 15 goals for Chelsea in the Premier League the following season. So like, he, he can do it at that level. Um, he scored 15 or 16 or something like that in, in Serie A two seasons ago. Did. Yeah, yeah, I'm just having a look now, yeah. The, the, the lad can, can find the back of the net. And I think the right sort of situation around him can, can definitely work in his, his favour. And he, he's, he's a goal scorer at the end of the day. And the, the, the time's hard to find. So if you can get him in a reasonable deal, yeah, I, I, I don't see that being a, a bad one, but it's going to cost you an awful lot of money. And that's, and that's really where the potential of somebody like an Akitike who you could bring in loan to buy, yep. again, means you can spread around and go and look for maybe it's that that fourth centre-back that, that's missing from the squad as well. Absolutely. I'm just looking at Tammy there. He got 17 and 37 in his first um, season. Then he got 8 and 38 in his next. And then obviously nothing this season. Um, so overall, he's got 25 and 75. So it's it's all right um, in terms of a strike rate. It's not, it's not incredible. I mean, in terms of capital outlay on a striker, we did a rumour has it on, uh, on uh, Saru Gerasai from... Uh, the Bundesliga we can't miss it at the minute. He's just an absolute goal machine. So, you know, I think his release cause was 15.8 million. Now, to me, that's smart business right there. If you can get a guy of that that goal scoring prowess at the minute, you know, for that level of, of money. And it reminds me a lot of the CSA deal that we did when everyone went, Papa's who? When we got him. And then he come in the Premier League in January and he couldn't <laughs> he couldn't stop scoring, could he? You know, so who's to say Garrison wouldn't have the same uh, impact, mate, if we if we drop 50 million on him? Potentially. I mean, the, the only thing with him, and it's a little bit like the the whole Darwin Nunes thing at the peak of this, mm. he's so massively over, overscoring his XG at the moment. I mean, he's got yeah. 15 goals in the Bundesliga and XG of eight. So he, he's miles ahead of, of that curve. Um, and he's never really had a season like this before. Um, mm. He was double figures... Last season, season before that, wasn't it? Yeah, two seasons ago. Yeah, so figures. Yeah. He's only, he's what, he's 27 and he's only had three seasons, including this one, where he scored double figures in the league. Um, you know, 2020, 2021 for Ren, he scored 10 goals in 27 goal, uh, 27 games. Um, I've done him a little bit of a disservice because 21, 22, he got. Nine, no, he only got nine that season. Eleven in, for Stuttgart in 22-23. and fifteen. Or I mean, fifteen in nine this season is, is utterly ridiculous. Um, and his goals per minute is is sensational. I think they've been incredible. Look at Harry Kane's figures, and I think his his goal per ninety minutes was sixty something or other. It was it was insane compared to the the other strikers on the list, but. It's whether we can keep that going. And like I said, we're, the, the whole thing, we, we talked about Nunes when Nunes was, was still there and he was being linked to all to everybody, including Newcastle at the time. Yeah, we that were linked. Won't, that won't continue. He can't continue to score at that level. Um, he's never he's never shown that before. I think he's having an absolute purple patch. And I'm not saying that he's a bad player and he can't score you know, 10 or 15, 20 goals in a season. But he's not going to continue at the rate that he's scoring at, like Nunes. We've seen how, how poor Nunes' finish can be. At times. Can be, yeah. But yeah. he's a bit like he's a bit like Shola Nunes. He looks fucking shit one minute, and next minute he scores a world. He's got no right to score, you know. And you think, well, what the hell was that? Just a comment there from Wayne. Uh, a few people are thinking this that Yankuba Minta may be recalled in in January. This is a big call mark, isn't it? Because he, he's been brilliant at Feyenoord on loan. He's, he's just looked. He doesn't look like a young player on loan. He looks like a seasoned veteran, you know, who's just the main man at, at Feyenoord. Now, have we unearthed an absolute gem there? And is it a case of, you know, this kid is ready for the Premier League or do you leave him to continue having a great season at Eredivisie to come back in the summer to be an even better player? This is a real chicken and egg thing with Newcastle, isn't it? And FFP might come into play when they're thinking about this as well. The the mint the mint thing is an odd one because there's lots of calls for it. But I, I, there was a report was it about a week ago that I read that um, it doesn't form part of his deal. 
So the mm. recall isn't in his deal. So I think he may have to have the the whole season there unless um, the the club agree to it. Um, so if 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 Final don't agree to the, to the recall, then it may that may be a non-start. I, I don't know. That was that was one report out of many that I read. But if that's the case and that's not in his his loan deal, one I think that's really poor poor, poor management um, from whoever is managing the loans at Newcastle, um, and which sure isn't it. Yeah, I was going to say, it's surely, yeah. surely, yeah. surely. Yeah. As soon as I started to say spinning that, that wheel, spinning that wheel, he's got at the trading ground. Yeah. I mean, like I saw he does a loan deal, you know, he spins that fucking wheel and just goes round and lands on the club. And he just goes, oh, that's a good club. I'll send him there. I, I thought it was just darts in a, in a map. That might be the way, the way to do it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if, they, if, they, if that is the case and that's not in, in the agreement um, and, and final don't agree to it, I mean, one, I mean, that could cause the player to get really upset. So, Ooh, um, that's a good point. Rogers made a good point there. African Cup of Nations as well. Yeah. Everyone seems to be forgetting about that, especially with Gerasai, who's a uh, Guinean. Or is he played for, for? Is it Guinea? Um, Guinea so yeah, he he he'd be unavailable for about a month as well, wouldn't he? And that, and that again causes part of the problem. Yes, his 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 fee will be reasonably cheap, but if he's missing for three three weeks, yeah, then it or it, you're gonna get him. You're gonna get him back for for three, but. Then the travel, it's then the extra, you know, time away when you're not able to yeah. the squad and all that kind of stuff. So that has its own issues. Um, but I mean, there's there's definitely a play there in, in, in Giresi, and and I think he's he's the obvious option in terms of finance, um, unless you're going to loan because the, the the fee is just so bloody cheap. I mean, if you can get a guy who's scoring double figures for fifteen million. Pound, then it's almost a no-brainer in that regard. Um, even if he only gives you a couple of seasons, you probably make a little bit of profit on it. Um, he sees you through this period while you maybe move on to the next level and find the next one to come through or the next young star that, that comes through. Um, so maybe that is that is the wisest deal there. Um, but yeah, you, the frustration thing with that, we, we bring bring him in at the beginning of January and you lose it three or four weeks instantly. Yeah, I mean, Simon's got it right. Papa Cissé back. I think Ian said the same thing. Get Cissé back for another marriage. You know, just, just wheel him out. He'll probably score like a 40-yard volley in the top corner and then pull his hamstring and be off for six weeks probably. But it'll be worth it just for that world-class goal. The, the best thing about Cissé was, remember, like, obviously started out, you know, he had like a bit of an arc, Cissé. He started out and he was just, he was just amazing. He couldn't couldn't uh, miss and all of his goals were worldies I remember that brace against Chelsea's arguably the best brace I've ever seen a striker score I mean the first one when he flicks up with one foot and follows it with another and that ridiculous banana shot that he hit um, at I the end but that's the funny thing because I think people forget about the first one the first one was sensational it was just the first one was fucking amazing yeah. It really was. I mean, that was it. Was that scoop finish he did against? Uh, was it Swansea or something? That when he looked like he was falling over and he lobbed the keeper. And I remember the. But, but towards you know, he started off like that, didn't he? And then he kind of dipped towards the end. But I remember even when towards the end, I remember going to see him. They were playing Southampton. And he was shit the whole game. He stunk the whole game up. And I, I was sitting in the posh seats. Actually, I don't know how I ended up there. I was sitting in the posh seats, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I don't. I, I must. I must have. Uh, I must. Somebody must have bought me a pint or something. And I, I must ended up walking in there. Um, but I was sitting in the posh seats. I remember watching a really good view of the game in the Millburn stand, and I was going, he fucking shite him. He's been shite all day, and he scored that like forty-yard volley and off the bar, <laughs> like half volley. And I just thought that's just typical CC. He was shit all game, and then he scored a worldie and got all headlines, didn't he? But uh, oh god, what a, what a player he was when he was when he was on the man. That was a bit. I, I was was it was it Norwich where he, he goes through one on one with a with a keeper and he, he has all the time in the world and he yeah he, he almost has too much time he he overthinks what he's doing nearly falls that's when he was at his worst <laughs> yeah exactly that was when he was at just his worst when he did don't that. give him any time let him just shoot from wherever he wants to shoot because it will probably go in if you give him any sort of time that's you, you start to see the defenders just back off then and just go well just run at the keeper because mm-hmm. we know you can't score. Exactly, but Marcus is saying that he loved many assists. I remember his first one against Villa when he came on. How he couldn't get any more top corner. It wasn't his first touch, I think it was. We just smashed it. It was just unbelievable. But I was, I was directly, directly behind that goal when he scored. Oh, that. Unreal, um, that unreal was, finish. That was unbelievable. Yeah, 
I remember Pardew's face was just like it, it was a it was pure luck. Like 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 Pardew just basically like you know fumbling around in the dark for a tip and found the biggest pair of breasts he's ever gonna find in his life. Just like wow, holy shit! How did I get this player? That's the kind of look he had in his face. Uh, but typical Pardew, that's probably what he did in his spare time as well. But you're right, George. He just scored some incredible goals. He, he really did. It was it was unbelievable. I mean, as Roger says there, that brace was just was just ridiculous. We we could do a podcast on on Cisse's best goals. It's a pity we can't play them. We'd have to show stills of them, probably. But his best goals were, were just were just incredible. But speaking of transfer deals, Mark, you know, from the incredible to the ridiculous. So there's been some rumours doing the, the rounds again. I mean, Barcelona have a serious hard on for Bruno Guimaraes, don't they? It doesn't seem to go away. Every single time somebody links this player. So the latest one is that apparently Newcastle will do a swap deal uh, for Rafinha. Bruno Guimaraes, because yes, they're the same player exactly, aren't they? You know, we've already lost Tenali, you know, because uh, he drinks Moretti and likes a Betty, and he's gone for 10 months. Um, <laughs> sorry, I couldn't resist that one. Um, you know, we're not going to sell Bruno Guimaraes to, to Barcelona for Rafinha, who's it was a winger when you know we've just lost our midfield linchpin. This has got to be horseshit, Mark, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, they they absolutely have a hard on when it comes to Bruno, don't they? They, they, they really want in the, this whole talk in the summer that. There's this agreement that he will sign for them. I think if they, I mean, they're, they're going to have to stump up somewhere, you know, they're going to have to stump up 100 million pounds for him, aren't they, at the end of the day. That's his, his release clause. It, it's or because it's more than that, isn't it? It's 100, well, whatever it is. Anyway, they're going to have to stump yeah. it up. They're not going to get a deal where Rafinha goes one way and Bruno goes the other, and that's it. And, and this is. This is almost tantamount to the the ridiculous one that was in the summer, where there was the the rumor that um, Vlaovic was going to come to Newcastle in a swap deal for Isaac. Um, oh yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was. Funny. <laughs> I mean, those swap deals just don't. The last swap deal I can remember was I, I think involved Milan Barros and John Carew. It's a straight <clears> swap. <throat> this is how far back we're going in terms of that sort. It just doesn't happen. Um, Bruno's valued at far more than Rafinha is in terms of what he's worth to the club. Um, Newcastle are not going to do that. That's utter bullshit. As a, as, a, as a straight swap deal, even the swap plus cash, I can't see that happening at all. No, no. Well, to be fair, the, the best swap deal or the best player plus cash deal in history of Newcastle was definitely Keith Gillespie and the Andy Cole deal. Hands down, I'm sorry. It really was. That was a great bit of business. Everyone forgets that. Um, speaking of Bruno, Bruno had a birthday this week. He turned 26 as he was playing for uh, for Brazil. And uh, they, bought, they bought him a cake. Um, and we just had to highlight this one as well because talking about Arsenal fans not getting over it, Gabriel clearly is not over it either because he's not <laughs> celebrating Bruno Guimarães' birthday there at all. As he looked, all the boys are chatting and you know, Big Joe's next to him there singing happy birthday to him in that sweet angelic voice. And Gabriel is still thinking about that shove uh, for that header, isn't he? He's not happy at all. He's sitting opposite the two Newcastle players as well. Talk about rubbing it in. <laughs> That's that is that is an amazing picture. Well, bring that up again because if you look at the if you look at the far right of that that image, who's the guy? I can't make him out. Who's the guy on the far right? Is that Andrew? He looks about as miserable. Is he an Arsenal fan as well? I think he just wants he re, he really wanted a cake as well because it was his, maybe it was his because it's his debut he thought that was his cake and he got really excited thinking that when you make your debut you get a cake and it was for Bruno and then Bruno's the kind of guy I can imagine like Joey doesn't share food because he said he loves Kinder eggs so he probably just ate the whole cake in front of Hendrick's face that's why he looked really pissed off <laughs> to be fair oh but that 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 face right there yeah that I mean that's priceless and and, and sort of sums sums them up really doesn't it? But yeah, that's, oh, that's, it does. That's great. It, it does. It does. Well, we'll, we'll move on to out of tune because the, the, the transfer links will be continuing to go, guys. Keep keep your eyes on the channel. Subscribe as well. Hit the notification bell. You'll get a little notification every time we do a rumor hazard video. The stack computer has been working overdrive, Mark, hasn't it? And uh, you've got loads of transfer rumors in there. It, it, it has. Yeah, I, I just like to point out to, to the person that pointed out in the in the comments today that uh, it's Branthwaite and not Braithwaite. In everything I've written, Branthwaite. And there was some reason when I've, been type, when I've been typing out the title and the and the, the um, description for the video today, it's come out as Braithwaite. Yet the 
the thumbnail and all the, the stats within it were all Branthwaite. So I think my phone, when I've been typing it up, is just auto-corrected to Braithwaite. So thank you for whoever that was that pointed that out. Yeah, you, 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 need to get, you need to get it better when it gets to that stage, mate. You're, you're struggling yeah. there. You're struggling there. But, <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, out, out of tune, out of tune. I mean, obviously, there's not been a great deal happening in terms of um, in terms of Newcastle, but we have to talk about the France game, Mark, didn't we? 14-0 the score was in the France game. Um, I think uh, Mbappe moved a lot closer to becoming the um, the leading all-time goal scorer of France and he's 24 years old. I mean, it was literally like a game of FIFA where you play against your mate when you're pissed and he's way better than you are. And I'm amazed they didn't just unplug the controller when it was like eight or seven, really, just, you know, because that was that was embarrassing, mate. I can't believe that score, like 14 nil. It's It's... Yeah, you, you look and go. I mean, they were was it three 0 down and brought, got lost a man, got a man sent off. It might have been two 0 down after about three or four minutes. Um, it's it's one of those that it makes you question why some of those teams are playing it in in the competition yeah. because the, the the competitiveness of them um, it is it's just not there. Like to San Marino. The, how many years have San Marino played at, at the level? And they, I mean, they, they never win a game. They, they barely score a goal. Um, I think they've gone through this this qualification. Um, yeah, they've <laughs> gone through this. Lucky goals. Um, <laughs> I, I, I joked to you, didn't I? That I, I said we can play them and still play two defensive midfielders, and, and we probably would have struggled to a one nil a one nil win. Um, and, and that will have been an own goal as well. We we just don't. <laughs> Do this, and that's evident by, by tonight. We played North Macedonia and been utterly dreadful against a side that's ranked 66th in the world, um, and we've just looked awful. But France, I mean, they've just put them away massively, and it, and it it is it is an embarrassing scoreline. Um, as much as you don't want to admit sort of that that thing, but it's it's huge, and, and you've got to. You do, and we've talked about this before, but you do question the logic of, of some of these teams playing. Um, although, having said that, when I was looking at the groups before, I realised Luxembourg have so many points. They've won five games so far in this um, in this qualifying um, sort of go. So, they, I mean, they've picked up, but it's taken them them donkey's years. And we're not likely to see that from Gibraltar. We're not going to see that from San Marino or really Andorra. Um <laughs> I mean, Gibraltar are pretty much made up of, of players that work in Lower lower league, you know, non league players and stuff like that. So you don't you don't say, Mark. You don't say. <laughs> but they are real cast off, and, and and like yeah. you know, like San Marino, where they are properly, you know, that there's very few of them that play any sort of proper league football. And then you're just going to come up against sides. I think Germany did it to to them a few years ago. And obviously, it's France's time out. Just they they going to run through them, and it, it becomes it has to be demoralising. And there's got to be a better way for this. But but by the way, you've just come up with a brilliant six aside name there, Real Castoffs. That is a fucking amazing Real name for five aside team. Whoever okay. wants to take that name in the comments for That's your five aside team. team next year, so you but, can't have it. Yeah, now just take it in your five-a-side before Mark gets a chance to do his FPL team next season. Real cast-offs. We want to see how high you finish in the league. But but speaking of France, uh, in terms of uh, our tune, one player who didn't score, which is amazing because every fucker seemed to score in that game, uh, was uh, Antoine Griezmann. And uh, this was just beautiful. We saw this on, on X and we had to pull this up. So so just when Manchester United fans thought it was safe to go back in the water, uh, Chef Brody has ran down the beach and told you, don't do it, don't do it, get out, get out. No, Manchester United are going full-on Manchester United here. And this was the story being linked. Even reading this sentence out is the most Manchester United sentence I've ever read. So Manchester United are willing to triple, one, two, three, triple Antoine Griezmann's wages in a bid to sign the 32-year-old from Atletico Madrid in January. Could you get any more Manchester United, Mark, if you tried than that? That is pathetic. 
So he's he's on what hundred and something pound. I'm just trying to look it up, but I'm sure he's something like hundred grand, not hundred pound, mate. Fucking hell, he needs to get a better agent. Hundred and something grand a week, maybe. Um, he, he might even be on a lot more than that. So you're looking at potential. I'm sure he's on two hundred grand a week. You know, I'm sure he is. It, it might it might be. So you're looking at at what somewhere between about three fifty and five hundred, maybe six hundred grand a week. Thirty-two or. This tells you exactly where Manchester United are at the moment. They haven't got a clue. There, there is no sense in at least when you look at some of Chelsea's signs, you get the you get the the kind of well they're, they're buying these the, these properly decent young players like so Baddy Ashley and, and players like that who are gonna come in, they're gonna be great for years. They just need to get to that point. There's no focus from Manchester United in terms of what there is. Absolutely short term. For two years and then that's it. But you're going to waste maybe 20 something million on, on the transfer fee, which isn't an awful lot. But if you're having to pay him 600 grand a week, it's ridiculous for a player that is a very good footballer. Don't get me wrong, but 32, it's just, it's unbelievably naive from them. But well, well, Griezmann, Griezmann reeks of the Saudi league, doesn't he? Really, like you say, he's been a great player, and I, and I really like him. Probably more for his, uh, his his football manager Newcastle clip than anything else, probably as well, because that goes down in uh, in history as one of the best Newcastle clips that have nothing to do with us, really. Uh, but but he, he has been a really good footballer as as, as Griezmann, and, and he's always had a bit of class about him. I think Antoine Griezmann, uh, and but but he looks like he's coming to the end of his career, and you just think to yourself, you know. It's a big payday in Saudi for you, mate. You get yourself sorted. I mean, that story could be total bullshit made up to try and coax the Saudis out of the shadows to give them the money, um, to try to try and kind of you know get get them on board. But but if Manchester United make that deal happen, it's just Pogba Mark too, really. It's exactly the same shit that they did previously. I think Griezmann's a better player than Pogba, I really do, but but his powers are waning and you can't put him into one of the most intense leagues in the in the world at 32. And expect him to have the same impact that he's had, you know, in La Liga for years because it's a slower league anyway. Yeah, there is another side to this that that I think maybe is, is it been overlooked or not? And you you like to to rail on on the agents and stuff for this, but he's in contract negotiations with Atletico. Very true. Very true. If Could you be a bit of the old. Put two and two together, I, I think they're looking for a little bit more coin out of it, or they're going, well, he has a release clause. So we'll sign with you for an extra 100 grand or, or more a week. That's fine. Um, if not, the release clause is low enough that we can go, go and play our trade elsewhere. So there's maybe yeah. a little bit of that from the agents, but it, it does really have, I mean, it, it's Manchester United all over if they go out and, and, and do this sort of deal. It, it just, yeah, it would it would make me laugh. Um, as much yeah, as it would be great to see him play, not not that amount of money at 32 years old when you're when you're past your past your peak now and yeah. and he's he's not gonna be the answer long term for, for Man U at all. No, no, definitely not. I mean, they got rid of Ronaldo because of his ego and, and everything else, but Ronaldo still had probably a lot more ability and in his legs at 36 than, than Griezmann probably has, um, you know, at 32 and all of fairness. But, you know, it is what it is. But but anyway, fuck them lot. They're, they're in a steaming vat of shit and we love it. So, uh, yeah, as Ty says, when Griezmann signed back with Newcastle, it was a wonderful thing. It really was, <laughs> especially when he said it was too cool. Um, but we're, we're going to end on a, on a, well, not an hour tune, a bang-in tune. So there's been um, there's been some, some news going around. I think it came from the Chronicle, didn't it, where... There was a senior, uh, I think it was a guy, Adidas, who was involved with some design work for some new strips. And and these bad boys have been doing the rounds online. Uh, so th- these were the proposed, apparently, proposed designs that this chap put forward when discussing um, the, the Adidas Newcastle kit, which which obviously, as everybody knows, Castore is out, and the Adidas Newcastle kit will, will be next season's kit. Um, we might even play it, you know, in the last game of the season or something, as, as, as often happens, but... But I don't know about you, Mar, but I think these three look sexy as fuck. I think they're fantastic shirts, and I really hope they're the ones that get the design. I'm not keen on a badge change in number two and three, but but obviously the design looks brilliant. I think they're just concepts with the badges, just to. But I, yeah, I, I like them. I, I I genuinely, I mean they they are they're really nice. I I I mean particularly like the 
if you look at the, the, the home strip is it's classic. Oh, it's it? brilliant. It, it's it classic Newcastle. Yeah, I love nice. that. Um, the the homage with the the old style um, sort of away kit in the middle, um, and the old yellow and green one as well. That that harks back to a to a bygone day. It does well. David Kelly? David Kelly days, um, mate. I mean, David Kelly there. Yeah, they are. If they're not official ones, and they are sort of just concepts, and they're not ones that are going to get. They they are they are genuinely they are a thing of beauty um, as football kits and it's rare to get a kit where you just sit back and go my god they they look that all three of those should be made really because they are they are they're really really nice yeah if, they if they're not the kits yeah, if they're not the kits they are full on catfishers all of us as a fan base and we're not happy at all but, but I think. Maybe it's a very clever marketing move that, that obviously this chap whoever he is, is he just probably said I'm going to. Can't remember his name now. Apologies to the guy, but he, he, you know he's probably said I'm going to go in the chronicle. And somebody's probably said, you know what, just 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 chuck them out there and let's just see what the reaction uh, would be to them, you know. And and I think that um, the reaction to this has been an astounding positive one. Uh, and Adidas aren't mugs; they, they'll read into that and they might go, oh, you know, actually quite quite fancy a little bit of that. To be fair, so some of the guys in the comments there just saying that. Adidas is a trefoil logo, then second and third kit. Um, and uh, Kev saying Adidas very often pulls it off. They do, they absolutely do. Um, oh, click the wrong button there. Gary is saying, I'd love to see the granddad collar back. Absolutely. That one in the middle is superb. That is, Gary, I couldn't agree more. And there, uh, David saying, when he sees, yeah, the yellow kit, he thinks of uh, Liam O'Brien against the Maccams. Absolutely, absolutely. And Marcus loves the uh, the second kit, but but yeah, I'm I'm with you, Mark. I think these I think these kits are fantastic, and I really hope Adidas do push them through, uh, especially that home one. As you say, that home one just pops. That's that's lush. That home one, it really is, man. You can just see the lads in that straight away, and it just um, I mean, the kit now is okay. Um, I don't like the white socks. I don't know why. I'm I'm not a fan of the white socks. I just prefer the black socks in the black and white strip. Um, and that kit is giving you that in, the, in that render there. So, so I'm, I'm all for going back to that, mate. Absolutely. No, I agree. I, th- I think, like I say, they are they're the they're probably the best looking trio of kits. If you're going to have three, you know, a choice of three, they're, they're exceptional. Um, and let's not forget, whatever they come up with, the bloody quality is going to be a lot better than this, this shit that comes from the store. Um, because they're, nice. they're dribble. And you're more likely to get one a lot quicker than you are from the store as well, because their their service has been been awful for for all of their clubs. Um, there, there's not yeah. one club that's had a, a really massively good thing to say about them. There've been problems right across the board. Yeah, no, they, they, they've been absolutely awful. I mean, you know, even them winners' tracksuits back in the days were better quality than the Castore strips, mate. Jesus Christ. And, and when the wind blew, they would rip them bloody things. So, yeah, that, that tells you everything you need to know about that. But I think that's just pretty much wrapped up, Mark. So we've done quite well to get over an hour out of uh, this week's What's Going On. You know, there words. wasn't a lot. Yeah, there wasn't a lot going on, really. So we've managed to have a good old ramble. And, and thanks to all you in the comments, as always. It really helps. The episode flow and if you're new to the channel and your chat is out for the first time as we always say consider subscribing we'd love you to come and join us we're closing in that 6k we'd love 6k for christmas that's your gift to us so merry christmas to the evermore <laughs> channel help us get the 6k and we'll be very very helpful but we're very happy you make your pardon and i'm sure we'll, uh, we'll, we'll be helpful as well that's and we'll be helpful too yeah of course we'll be helpful yeah uh, especially you more than me um but you know we will be very happy and uh, i'm sure we'll have a prize uh prize and draw when we hit 6k as as we often do as well but like the video too uh if you if you can if you want to be a member and give a little bit back to the channel all of our content is free we don't charge you for it but if you want to be a member there's an option there for for 1.99 you get early access to the videos not exclusive access as mark told me off for saying the other day early access to the videos as a member as, as often you guys know so if i fire up the rant machine and something's pissing me off and i have a feeling tomorrow something might piss me off probably at least once or twice I don't know what that could be. So you might get early access to the rant video if you want to be a member. Smash that button right now. It is less than a pint of lager. So have a cracking evening, whatever you're doing, guys. Have a good sleep. Enjoy yourselves. We'll catch you next time on What's Going On. See you later. Yeah. Take care.